the chamber really is focused on empowering our community. And our focus this year, and it started last year a little bit, is really uh, we realize that if we can lift up other organizations, other people's missions, um, it will benefit our residents, it'll benefit our businesses, and it'll benefit mm -hmm. our organization. So how can we, that's why we changed our mission statement a couple of years ago to say, empower community. We are, we're not relevant to business, we're essential to our community. Mm -hmm. We're not relevant to business, we're essential to our community, and, and we will do programs in that. So uh, that's where that rising tides raise all ships uh, ties into today. Welcome to the Business Coffee Hour with William Gray Jr. I'm your host, and this week, my special guest is Mr. Jim Johnson. Thank you for joining us. Glad to be here, William. So you are the executive director of the Prairieland Chamber of Commerce? Yeah, we, we use the title President and CEO, but yes, sir. President and yeah, CEO. Yeah, oh, lead staff for the organization. There we go, there we go. See, I spent some time in the nonprofit, so yeah. I'm used to using that title. Right. Uh, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, it, you've spent a lot of time around the chambers, huh? Yeah. Is there some real passion for that? Yes, sir. Uh, going on 13 years now in the industry, um, spent time here in Pearland before I came back in 2021, uh, spent time in Lufkin, Texas, uh, as their CEO for about three years and a little three and a half years in Georgetown, Texas, before coming back here in uh, July of 2021 when their president retired. So when did you first like realize that you had a real passion for chambers events? Yeah, I don't think anybody has like goes to school or gets in their life and wakes up and says, I want to work at a chamber of commerce. I want to work in an association of businesses. Um, my journey started out of college. I worked in tourism in college, had a passion for tourism, talking cool. to people about where to go, where to go eat, what attractions to go to. So out of college, that's where I thought my career path would take me. Uh, during that journey, I learned about convention and visitor bureaus, which are uh, typically city-funded uh, ability to trap people to our community. So uh, Houston CVBs can trap people and talk about all the great things Houston does. Uh, if I go back to 2011, um, at that time, the Pearland Chamber also managed the Pearland Convention and Visitor Bureau. Uh, so I took a job in membership uh, at the chamber in 2011. I was their VP of membership, really loved talking to businesses, but I still had that passion for tourism. Um, but over about a year, I realized I enjoyed talking to businesses about where they should go to find customers, mm -hmm. what they should do to grow their business more than talking to uh, visitors about where they should go for attractions. So uh, instead of sliding into our convention and visitor bureau division, I stayed on the membership track and uh, God, 13 years later, I'm still... Uh, talking to business about where they can go and help them be better at what they do. That's that's quite amazing. I think running through through all that you've you've told us, what sticks out to me is just the passion for the town. Yeah. Right. Uh, a pulse of where everything is. So it seems like you have a really good grasp of where Pearland is headed. Yeah. You know, and where it's been. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. My my parents both graduated from Pearland. Um, I grew up in the Alvin area, so I did not grow up in Pearland, Texas, but uh, my family has roots back here to the 50s. So I've watched Pearland grow from a, a sleepy, I hate saying sleepy, it's never been sleepy, but a, a, a farm town uh, to, you know, now the third largest city in the Houston area behind Houston and Pasadena. Uh, so it's it's growing and it's exciting to be here. It is. We had the mayor on uh, not too long ago, and one of the challenges that he mentioned with Pearland is how do we keep that hometown feeling? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm curious to think, what do you think? How can we, how can Pearland keep that small town feel and it continues to grow? Yeah, I think, you know, that's a great point because you're going to have people that are generational that have been here forever and they they want to hold on to that. But, you know, if you look at our population, what we've seen, uh, people define home in a different way. They want it to be a place where they can live, work, raise their kids. Uh, and so I think as we continue to invest in 
great quality of life, uh, continue to invest in great quality education, um, and continue to invest in great quality jobs. Whether you've lived here 50 years or lived here five months, uh, it's going to feel like home here. Uh, and you're going to still have that ability to uh, connect with your neighbors, connect with your business owners, and connect with this fantastic community. But, you know, Pearland's as you know, is, is very wide. It's a, it's, it's like a <laughs> rectangle. Um, and so, you know, when you see that, you have, uh, people look at different uh, sides of town, but I, I mean, I think when you look at Pearland, there's so much great all throughout there that we all, we have the opportunity to come together and, and rally around this great town. I, I, I tend to agree. I feel the same way. I can understand what you're talking about, the, the different sides, because I do live in old Pearland yeah. or, you know, the east side of town and traveling. It just seems different. Uh, but it's also exciting, right, um, to see the new businesses come in, to see the new attractions, and to to feel a different energy to, about the town. Yeah, and I think, you know, most towns are that hub-and-spoke model. You know, there's a center, and it brawls out in a circular pattern. You know, Pearland's just designed to be rectangular. So, you know, it's every, you know, you have centers of area where it's the east end with City Hall and the Tom Reed Library, or it's the, on the west of 288, where you have places like, uh, the Miracle Field, Field in the West Pearland Library. You know, there's these different pockets of area. Uh, just the challenge is always going to be that it's not the same geographical distance from one section to the other because it's not a hub and spoke. It's a rectangle. Mm. Uh, so that's why we have to invest in infrastructure and, and just continue to make it a great area. But, you know, you talked about businesses, and that's my passion. You know, what we're seeing on the, the Northwest Quadrant and the Lower Kirby, those businesses are amazing. High-tech company, uh, North America's largest Biomed manufacturers here in Pearland. But on the east end, and I hate using east and west, but on this side, the older side of town, as you mentioned, you have companies like Coza's Inc. I don't know if you know that. We just had the NFL champion uh, here a couple of weeks ago when the Chiefs unfortunately won the Super Bowl. Uh, <laughs> but those hats that they put on, that Patrick Mahomes put on, is manufactured here in Pearland. So, uh, you know, there's some great, neat companies on the uh, one side of town or throughout our whole entire community. Right, right. Well, since we are speaking about businesses, yeah. what's, what's a, a common um leadership aspect so what do you have you seen that has made businesses successful is it the leader in charge is it their business plan you know that's a good you know i think in you see multifaceted in that i think you know having a strong plan and being able to adapt i think during the pandemic many businesses had to pause reevaluate what they do get back to their core focus of what they are and that takes a strong leader strong leader that's willing to I realize that something's been working really great for them for 30 years, but they might have to adapt on that end. I think uh, the, the leadership facet to me that's most important at times is a, is a leader that can work with different generations. You know, right now the workplace, you have everything from Gen Z to, you know, boomers and, you know, a couple of greatest generations still in there. And that's, that's a challenge. And a leader, you have to be adaptive and, and be able to understand that uh, generational values truly impact individuals. And, and if you can't adapt to that and understand that what one generation needs and the next one, it, it's going to be a challenge for you to be successful. Right. I, I tend to agree. I think. You I, can disagree with me at yeah. some point during this conversation. <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I disagree. I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you cannot like the other generation. That's all horrible. No. Yeah. I feel, I've always feel very drawn to that. It's, it's about leading the person, yeah. uh, right? Not, not a one size fits all, uh, which is uh, which I think is great. And I what I've noticed too, especially for your chamber, is you have a lot of that as well. Yeah. You have a very wide and diverse crew uh, that represents uh, lots of Pearland, and then is also very passionate about 
advocating for businesses in Florida. Absolutely. I mean, that's why we that's why we exist. And you know, our organization founded in 1963 uh, was established to help business. And, and I and I say that that that'll never change. Why we were established was to help business. But how we've been helping business since the, in the 60s, the 80s, now it, it starts to to change. And so we will always exist to help business and. That creates uh, when you well not creates challenges, but it creates opportunities. When you have you know 700 me- business members, we have to ensure our programs meet their needs because what one business needs is how they need help could be different than the other. And to show value, we have to show that we maintain that and provide a diverse program, have a, a diverse team uh, that can meet those needs. Right. And I have we've only been members of the chamber for quite what a month maybe, yeah. and. Uh, I have noticed all of the events that you've done, but I've noticed that before as well, yeah. just being active parts of the community, uh, trying to, to represent both sides of, yeah. the, of the rectangle. Yeah. Uh, and you guys have really done a, a really good job. How do you continue to do that? Yeah, you know, one of the, the simplest answer I give is we survey often. And that, that might sound simple, but we need feedback. And mm-hmm. I think if you follow too many businesses, uh, fail to realize that they there's an opportunity to get constructive feedback. I mean. I just went to the Houston Livestock Show Rodeo on Saturday with 60,000 of my closest friends, uh, right. plus the plus another tens of thousand that are out there at the carnival and all that. What do I get Wednesday, Sunday morning? A survey. How likely am I to refer the uh, Houston Livestock Show Rodeo to? Do they really need my feedback? Probably not, but they want it. And I use that as an example that best practices in nonprofits like the Houston Livestock Show Rodeo, uh, Southwest, Marriott, all those companies that you're familiar with, they're asking feedback often. They already know that you've bought, they know all your loyalty numbers and stuff, but they still want that feedback. And so if we're constantly getting feedback uh, from our members, it allows us to ensure that as we set strategic direction, we're on the right path and that we're meeting their needs. And so that's why, I mean, for example, uh, we, we got feedback that we were doing a morning event, started at 7.30 a.m. and it went till 9 a.m. Uh, we thought that we had done morning events before, so we wanted to introduce that. We've heard from our members that they love the event. It's our highest rated program we do. But 7.30 in the a.m. might as well be 4 a.m. for some people. They, they, <laughs> one little thing changes, it gets them thrown off during the day. So this month we said, okay, we've heard that feedback. They love the, they love the event, but timing's becoming a challenge. So how can we overcome that? So in uh, April, instead of starting at 7.30, we'll start at 8 a.m. But in this month, we're also going to change that same format and introduce it in the evening time. So if the program's right, but the timing's off, how did we get to that? It wasn't just staff going, ah, let's move the time. It was mm-hmm. feedback from our members and our attendees on that end. So... Uh, that's how we kind of work around things. And we have a great board of directors um, who are tasked with governance and strategic vision. Uh, 20 individuals representing uh, a diversity of age, race, business segment, uh, type of company, all that. And that allows us to uh, bring that feedback back and allow us to really serve our members. Mm-hmm. I love what you're saying about the feedback loop. I think that's it's crucial. Yeah. Um, what have you heard uh, from the staff? Because I... I'm just curious, how big is your staff again? We have six full-time staff, including so, myself. What, what, how, I, what I've noticed, too, is that your staff is all, again, passionate. So how do you keep them engaged with the, uh, you know, oh, with, with the membership that's oh, great. clearly yeah. large? Yeah, no, um, you know, we take advantage of, of regular communication. We, uh, we, I, I will over-communicate and be transparent with my team. Uh, they're, in, they're in the loop on uh, everything from our financials to our net promoter score to our successes and challenges. And that allows us to do that. I, I don't believe in silos, um, even though I have every staff member has their direct responsibility. Um, we are very cross-siloed in what we do and cross-trained. 
Uh, so if one staff member can't be there for, let's use um, at a, a committee meeting, well, we have two staff members that can back up and maintain that and understand it at a level. A member calls and has a question specific to our upcoming golf tournament. We have multiple staff members that can have. We also do mini trainings on that so that everybody's got the same information um, and that ultimately all the, you know, as a CEO, you know, I get a lot of times I get final say, but it, we have to work together because if not, uh, we're not going to be able to meet those needs of those members. Mm -hmm. What's what's a time that you've maybe felt a little bit of challenge from someone not aligned with where you guys are headed and how do you like, correct that? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of a specific one, but sometimes people um, want us to be one thing to one to them. They, um, a member might want us to uh, go back and do mass productions of a print directory. Let's use that, you know, which we've previously done. Um, we don't do that as at the level we have. We haven't done that in probably a decade on that. End. But to them, that's that's high value. They they feel like their their name in a print publication should be mailed to every member in the area. And so uh, you have to understand where they're coming from. They have an expectation. And what we do as a team is uh, our, during our sales process, even myself, I meet with as many new members as I can. And we have an honest conversation about what are your expectations of us? And if your expectations of us are visibility, but visibility through print media, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest with them and say that that's just not where we're at right now. We understand why that's important to you. Uh, but we have, to, we have to explain what we are. But, we have to, but if we don't manage expectations at the beginning, then there's going to be this division at the end, and they're never going to see the value because their expectations were unrealistic. I remember one time trying to join during the holiday season. Uh, they sold furniture, a uh, previous company here in Pearland a decade ago. Um, and they wanted to, they, were, they, they came in and said, this check, I still remember the story. They said, this check uh, is, is going to put us in the red but we know we're going to get business from it right away. And I said, you hold that check. I said, because it is just like December 8th and there's us getting a ribbon cutting and everything that you're looking for is not going to happen between now and the holidays. And if that's why you're joining that you think in the next, between now and December 25th, that we're going to make, turn that check into three, fourfold, like putting it on a blackjack mm -hmm. table and black hitting, uh, uh, blackjack, I'm going to be black, 21 hitting. Um, but it's, that expectation. We really had, I said, no, you need to hold on to that. So get through the holidays and come back and see us. Cause if that's your expectation, we can, we can't meet that. Right. Um, there's stories of success where we have had members join and the next day a customer bought something from them, but it's not the day every day. And that's not what we exist for. We exist to help. We don't exist to always just, uh, see an ROI within two <laughs> right. weeks. Yeah. I can't there's, promise there's, that. There's not like an instant gratification no. where it's like, Hey, as soon as you join the chamber chamber, everyone's going to come running to you it, and uh, businesses. Will generate yeah. No, nobody. I mean, you don't open your doors and there's a line of people, you know, that do podcasts, you know, right. really that this doesn't have it. Hopefully it does, but you know, it's just not the case. Exactly. Um, so I'm very passionate too. I've got four kids. Yeah. Um, how has being a member of the chamber uh, helped with your parenting as well? No. <laughs> A balance. I mean, I, I'd say that more than anything. You know, I think uh, work is very important. Um, but as a parent uh, and, and for business owners, is that if it's taught me to make sure you have the balance and, and make sure you're there for your your children. Uh, make sure that um, you don't miss those moments. And that's a, that's a marketing message that we've been playing around with right now because of uh, there is an opportunity for more people to live and work locally. Uh, and mm. if you work locally, your commute is less. If your commute's less, you're at home more. Uh, if you're, that doesn't mean you're working less. It just means that when you leave, you're getting home at a more reasonable time. And if that's the case, um, you don't miss those moments with your, your children. And that's important. Um, and that, and that's what they, you can work hard, but you need to, family's going to come first, you know? And I, I think if anything, that that's where I've gotten is that make sure I'm there with my son and my wife, uh, and get to spend those moments with them. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you did mention, you know, working here in our town. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about what, what working Pearland is? Yeah, so that uh, was a good segue. I didn't even plan that. Uh, work, <laughs> work in Pearland uh, launches on March 15th. Um, it is a brand new initiative, uh, a comprehensive job board and employment resource between the Chamber and the Economic Development Corporation to showcase careers, jobs, and opportunities in Pearland. And why is that important? Um, data shows um, there was some research done in 2021 on the, the employers and the movement of people in Pearland. Um, roughly, I mean, the, I'll, I'll say approximately 30,000 people leave Pearland every day for work. Approximately 20,000 people come into Pearland every day for work. And a little less than 5,000 live and work in Pearland. And so we, we paused on those numbers and say, we have great companies here, large and small, that are unemployment's 3.1% uh, that are looking for employers. But get on 2835, all those roads, watch all those people that are leaving our community to go work somewhere else. And they probably don't know about the careers that we have here in Pearland. So that's a, the focus of work in Pearland. And there's, I mentioned just now, we were talking about moments, but think of it like this. If the average commute, if you were to commute outside of Pearland and your commute's 45 minutes, and we can reduce that to 15 minutes. That's 30 minutes one way, twice a day, times five weeks, let's say it's about 48 weeks. That's going to be 240 hours that you're sitting there extra in a vehicle. 24, 240 hours divided by 24. I can't do my math. That's 10 full days that you can get back by living and working in parallel. Mm -hmm. The flip side, 240 hours divided by eight, that's the average workday, is 30 workdays a year. So by not commuting, by working locally, by finding a job here, that's just one ticket that you get back. You can get back 30 work, 30 more vacation days if you look at it like that. Mm -hmm. 10 full days back. That's not counting the wear and tear on cars, the tolls, gas prices. Um, but also, regardless of the moments, regardless of the actual uh, time and value we can put on it, uh, there are great companies here in Pearland that are hiring that would love for local people. The, the, the closer you are to work, your retention rate goes up. Mm -hmm. So if we can showcase those careers and showcase those opportunities here in Pearland, because I, like I said earlier, I don't think people realize the great companies that are in here that are independently small ones or, or huge companies and everything from engineering and, and to work at the filling barrels to accountants and professional jobs. We want to showcase those. Uh, and that's workinparaland.com. You have to register, but it's all free. Businesses, as if they're listening to this podcast, can actually sign up for Boost for free as long as they're Located in Pearland or members of the Pearland Chamber, they get a free booth, free opportunity to showcase careers and jobs uh, to, a, to a wide range of individuals. It's, it's Pearland's comprehensive job board. Very cool. I think that's, uh, that's amazing. I mean, that's why my partner and I chose Pearland too, right? Um, I live here. He's from here. And we enjoy the city. So that's another reason of this podcast is to make sure folks know how great this city can be and all the fantastic leadership yeah. um, businesses that like we're all just trying to stay uh, and build a happy home. Yeah. So it starts with work, it's finances, it's mind, it's body. You know, it's us all encompassing. So we have hit on work, we have hit on family. Uh, what has what is something that you do for yourself uh, that nobody really you know understands? <laughs> um, I like we. I'm a I'm a hiker, walker. That's mm. that's. My wife and I's thing, we, we probably do a couple miles every day in the evening. It's our time to communicate about our challenges and successes of the day. Uh, there's all the research out there that fresh air uh, away from technology is important for you. Um, so we try to make that a habit, whether locally here or, or hitting one of our beautiful state parks and across the state. Um, that, that is our, 
uh, time when including our son in that as well. Um, and then he, oh, yeah. he, he plays baseball. Um, so baseball, uh, uh, is our other little side fun that we do as a family and we're all three involved in it and enjoy it. And it, uh, it's fun to watch him do something that he is excited about as well. Um, and then we just got a puppy. So that's always fun too. You know, um, <laughs> Uh, so two dogs, so that that keeps us going too. So I range of stuff like that, but that's really that's our fa family is important, most important thing to me. Everything else is uh, a great part of what I get to do. But uh, my wife and son, they're my motivation. They keep me going. Right. right. Uh, I think it's clear and evident that those those are important values to you. I can see them come through pretty clearly. Uh, I have a sense. Those are one, that's one of my two values. Yeah. Uh, my number one is family. The other number two is resilience. Uh, but it's also being able to treat others like family. Mm -hmm. And so I, I kind of get that vibe from you as well. Like, hey, you know what? This is very dear to me. I want to make sure others feel as welcome, which makes sense that you, you know, run this chamber so well. Um, let, me, let me transition back sure. to the, the leadership aspect. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm an avid reader of books. So do you have any recommendations that you like? This is the book that I turn to the most. Oh, man, um, quite a few. Um... Uh, Comfort Crisis is probably one of my favorite right now by Michael Easter. Um, great book. Um, it, it, it focuses on leadership at times, but it focuses as a society. We are way too comfortable, um, and it's created um, where we are not challenged in the right way and that we need to get out of our comfort zone um, to be a little bit more uh, productive in life. Um, mm -hmm. I'm also a big fan of The Slight Edge. Uh, compounding mm -hmm. results uh, lead to big areas. I always say you don't get overweight by eating McDonald's once, but if you eat it every single day, and it's those little slight edges that can uh, make a big difference on that end. Uh, 5 a.m. Club, enjoy that book. Uh, one, one Minute Manager is my go-to management style book. Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, John Gordon's The Energy Bus is a great, and The Coffee Bean, those are two great easy reads on that end. Uh, one thing that I always remember is uh, it's like not every reader is a leader, yeah. but every leader is a reader. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think you, you hit on it a lot for me when I talk about comfort. I always say comfort is a thief. Yeah. I can't remember exactly where I got that from, but it's like the more comfortable I am, the less I actually grow. Yeah. Uh, and so if I can create that discomfort, uh, so I got to ask, you know, what discomfort have you taken on lately? Man, uh, waking up early. I, I, that's that's probably one of my, and I'm not good at it. I, my wife probably will listen to this because you're not waking up all the time early, but I'm trying. You know, it's a, uh, you know, it's kind of that whole model of, you know, I can, Waking up at 5 a.m., uh, you know, em embracing discomfort by waking up at 5 a.m. So I have the slight edge. That takes those three uh, models of those books and put them in, uh, into context and kind of say that's kind of one of my personal models right now. It won't, and I actually throw it to another level. It won't hurt me to wake up at 5 a.m. So I, it, it won't hurt me to embrace discomfort by waking up at 5 a.m. So I have the slight edge. So if I take those four books, uh, four of those books and put them together, uh, you know, you read all these and, and it kind of, uh, what do you do with it afterwards? And, right. And so try to take those little tidbits on that end. So yeah, it's definitely key to not only consume it, but it's also how do I put this into practice? Yeah. Uh, and so for me, a, a lot of the stuff that I read, it's, it's, it's just that now that I have the knowledge, how do I find someone yeah. to hold me accountable and how am I actually talking about it? And, and a lot of it comes out I, in the morning videos I make and a lot of it comes out and the conversations yeah. I have, and I notice that it starts to kind of creep through. Um, so, I we're going to be mindful of your time. I want to thank you and acknowledge you for all that you've done. Sure. I, I think uh, I know I wanted to have you on as uh, one of our first guests because I am proud of this city and I love all that the chamber is doing. So, 
Thank you for your time. Uh, what is one way that our audience can kind of follow along with you and, and get involved with the chamber? Sure. I mean, I, I think the easiest way is to go to, start at our website at paralandchamber.org, uh, learn information, follow us on social media, follow me at It's Jim Johnson on Twitter and Instagram, I think is what you'll get me <laughs> and probably LinkedIn as well. Uh, you know, really our focus right now is to, uh, for those businesses that might not be the position to make the step to join, uh, be on the lookout for a couple of our main communications. Uh, Paraland Data is our data report. It's a data dump of everything from sales tax reports to unemployment. So you have the data to continue to move your business forward. Uh, we'll be launching the Advantage today, uh, which is giving you the its articles, events, uh, and just news of interest for you so that you can uh, really know what's going on, whether it's our event or somebody else's. How can we continue to provide uh, those resources out there? Because if we're raising all tides, rising right. tides, raise all ships. Right. If we elevate other groups, it'll elevate us as well. So look out for those two datas and just stay abreast of what's going on with right. us. Is that your your favorite quote to what? Rising, rising tides. Tide. Is, I think that's my uh, my my quote of the year right now. Because really, right. I, I know we're wrapping up, but you know the chamber really is focused on empowering our community. And our focus this year, and it started last year a little bit, is really uh, we realize that if we can lift up other organizations, other people's missions, um, it will benefit our residents, it will benefit our businesses, and it will benefit mm -hmm. our organization. So how can we? that's why we changed our mission statement a couple of years ago to say empower community. We are, we're not relevant to business. We're essential to our community. Mm -hmm. We're not relevant to business. We're essential to our community, and, and we will do programs in that. So... Uh, that's where that rising tides raise all ships uh, ties into today. Yeah, I love that. I think that's great. Uh, relevant, not relevant to the business, but essential to community. Essential. You don't want to be. A re nobody wants to be just relevant in what they do. You don't want to be relevant in the podcast market. You want to be essential in the podcast market. So, if anything, the pandemic and stuff taught our organization we are not just relevant to business. Without us, we the, the community we know we're essential to them, and we're making sure that message gets out. Right. Uh, that plays along well with all that we do and who we are. Uh, all of our businesses are under Charlie Mike, which yep. means continue mission. And it's about finding that new mission for us. I, it's, it's clear that you've got a real great guiding light, great mission in life. Again, I want to say thank you. I appreciate you coming on. Thanks for having uh, me. Other than that, I appreciate you guys tuning in. I look forward to talking to you guys next time. I love you guys.